Welcome to the National Vaccine Information Center's podcast series, Informed Consent to Vaccination, a Human Right. These podcasts are from previously recorded and referenced commentaries and articles produced by MVIC, a charitable nonprofit organization. On March 31, 2017, the Vaccine Injury Awareness League held a Revolution for Truth rally in Washington, D.C. to call on the federal government to make vaccine safety a priority. The event was co-sponsored by the National Vaccine Information Center, Focus for Health Foundation, World Mercury Project, and Voice for Choice, and joined by Moms Across America, Organic Consumers Association, Millions Against Monsanto, National Health Freedom Action, and many other consumer groups. What united the hundreds of citizens attending the rally was concern about the influence of the pharmaceutical and chemical industries on mainstream media reporting and the policies of government health agencies responsible for ensuring the public health and safety. And I opened the rally with the following statement on behalf of the National Vaccine Information Center. I know you didn't come to hear me speak, so let's bring up the most amazing. You should see this resume. I don't know that I've ever met a more accomplished individual in my life, but Barbara Lowe Fisher, Graduated from the University of Maryland with BA. She's married with three kids. She's the co-founder and the president of the National Vaccine Information Center. <laughs> She's a co-author of DPT A Shot in the Dark. That was my first book. Who, who else was that? That was your first book, or one of your favorite books, okay? Thank you. Um, of course, she's also an author of the Consumer's Guide to Childhood Vaccines, uh, Vaccines, Autism, and Chronic Inflammation, The New Epidemic, Epi Epidemic, Reforming Vaccine Policy and Law, A Guide, The Emerging Risks of Live Virus and Virus Vector Vaccines, Vaccine Strain Virus Infection Shedding and Transmission. She's also a blogger, Vaccine Awakening. She's a video commentator. She's been on hundreds probably, I didn't count them. But when I read the list, I was like, oh my God, I stopped at 25. There's so many times that she's been on the news as an expert in this field. You guys, we have an absolute rock star in our midst. Please give a very warm welcome to Barbara Lillish. nation's capital, representing many thousands of Americans and their families who cannot be here today because they're sick or caring for someone who's sick. We are here for families and physicians living in fear they will be discriminated against and punished if they speak honestly in their communities about what they know to be true. We have come to defend freedom of thought, speech, and conscience the inalienable natural rights that unite us, regardless of where we live, the color of our skin, the faith that sustains us, or the philosophies that define us. We are calling on government to do its job and protect the people's health 
instead of protecting profit-making industries, doing business with government, and manipulating information released by the mainstream media. We are advocating for the right to know the truth about the safety of the food we eat, the water we drink, the drugs doctors prescribe, and the vaccines Americans are forced to get to attend school and receive medical care and hold a job. And we are here to witness the suffering of our children who have no voice and have no choice except the one that we, their mothers and fathers, give to them. We want government officials to explain to us why our country, which spends the most on health care and has one of the highest vaccination rates in the world, is crippled by a chronic disease and disability epidemic that costs more than $2 trillion a year and has created the sickest child and a young adult population in America's history. One child in six learning disabled, one in nine with asthma, one in 10 diagnosed with a mental disorder, one in 13 severely allergic to food, one in 20 epileptic, one in 50 developing autism, one in 400 with diabetes and millions more struggling with other kinds of brain and immune system damage marked by chronic inflammation in the body. There is no price tag high enough to put on the costs that will bankrupt our nation as these children grow up and many face a lifetime of health care and housing needs. What kind of jobs will they hold? Where are they going to live? What happens when their parents die? We will not be silent as the biological integrity of another generation of children is destroyed in this bitter harvest that can only continue if we allow it to continue. I say this as a mother who witnessed my healthy, bright, two-and-a-half-year-old child suffer a convulsion, collapse, shock, and brain inflammation within hours of his fourth DPT shot in 1980 that left him with multiple learning disabilities and 12 years confined to a special education classroom in the public school system. My son did not die, and he was not severely brain damaged like so many children for whom the risks of vaccination turn out to be 100%. But he was part of the tidal wave of learning disabled children emerging in the 1980s, growing larger in the 1990s, and exploding in the first decade of the 21st century at precisely the same time that the federal child vaccine schedule tripled from 23 doses of seven vaccines in 1980 to 70 doses of 16 vaccines during the next 30 years. The US Centers of Disease Control now directs doctors to give pregnant women vaccines that were never licensed for use during pregnancy. Then on the first day of, of, of birth and continuing throughout childhood, doctors are told to give children six dozen doses of vaccines that contain genetically engineered viruses and bacteria, plus ingredients like mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, uh, phenooxyethanol, glutaraldehyde, proteins, synthetic particles, antibiotics, and human, animal, and insect DNA and RNA. Where is the good science? 
that demonstrates children are healthier when repeatedly given vaccines that artificially hyperstimulate inflammatory immune responses 50 times before age six. Just how sick do our highly vaccinated children in America have to get before government health officials reevaluate the assumption that more and more vaccination equals better health? Show us the science and give us a choice. Where is the credible scientific evidence that it is safe to give children amphetamines and antidepressants with side effects that include suicidal thoughts and violent behavior, or that children are healthier when they drink water full of fluoride and have teeth filled with mercury amalgams, and when they eat genetically engineered and processed foods laced with pesticides, chemicals, hormones, and antibiotics? And why is government joining with the chemical industry and blocking the labeling of GMO food so that Americans do not have the right to know and freedom to choose what they eat and feed their children? Show us the science and give us a choice. Let me hear you say it. Show us the science and give us a choice. Why was the 21st Century Cures Act created by Congress and signed into law last year, so FDA licensing and informed consent standards could be lowered even further. Now the skids have been greased for the pharmaceutical industry, the biggest lobby on Capitol Hill, to experiment on people without their consent, and to fast track drugs and vaccines to market even more quickly without proving that they are safe and effective first. Show us the science and give us a choice. You say it. Show us the science. Give us a choice. And why did Congress create a federal vaccine injury uh, compensation system, an administrative alternative to a lawsuit in the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, but take no action when the Departments of Health and Justice systematically gutted that law and turned it into a cruel joke? Today, the majority of vaccinated children are denied compensation, so government officials do not have to admit just how many children are being brain damaged and dying after vaccination in America. In 2011, Congress never said a word when Big Pharma used that law to persuade the US Supreme Court to effectively ban all vaccine injury lawsuits in America by declaring that FDA-licensed vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. And the $3.6 billion in federal vaccine injury compensation that has been awarded to more than 5,000 vaccine victims since 1988 doesn't begin to pay for the damage done. Not when two out of three claims are denied, not when drug companies have no incentive to make vaccines less harmful because all Americans are legally required to purchase and use their liability-free vaccine products. Every promise that Congress made to parents in 1986, every one was a lie. And 30 years is long enough for parents to wait for that failed experiment in tort reform to work. The liability shield protecting big pharma must come down.
No industry should ever be allowed to escape accountability in a civil court in, a, in, in front of a jury of our peers when profit-making products injure and kill people. In 1962, American environmentalist Rachel Carson warned that the alliance between industry and government was poisoning the earth and human health. She said, quote, if the Bill of Rights contains no guarantee that a citizen shall be secure against lethal poisons distributed either by private individuals or by public officials, it is surely only because our forefathers, despite their considerable wisdom and foresight, could conceive of no such problem. 20 years later, in 1982, Parents of vaccine-injured children in the Washington, D.C. area founded the educational charity known today as the National Vaccine Information Center and launched the vaccine safety and informed consent movement in America. While the environmental, safe food, and holistic health movements in the 1980s were also being powered by ordinary people, demanding the people's right to know and freedom to take control of their health. These grassroots movements have been united by one truth. Government has betrayed the public trust by forging business partnerships with the chemical and pharmaceutical industries that put profits, not people, first. And now in the 21st century, when everybody knows somebody who was healthy, got vaccinated, and was never healthy again, the public-private partnership between industry and government is moving to strip citizens of the human right to inform consent to medical risk-taking. Laws are being passed that eliminate the right for Americans to exercise freedom of thought, conscience, and religious belief so they can be blackmailed into using vaccines with unacceptable risks that are also failing to work as advertised. Albert Einstein, who risked arrest in Germany in the 1930s, when he spoke out against censorship and persecution of minorities, said, quote, never do anything against conscience, even if the state demands it. There is no liberty, more fundamentally and natural inalienable right, than the freedom to follow our conscience when choosing what we're willing to risk our lives or our child's lives for. While we are all born equal with equal rights under the law, we're not born all the same. Each one of us is born with different genes and a unique microbiome influenced by epigenetics that affects how we respond to the environments we live in. We do not all respond the same way to infectious diseases or to pharmaceutical products like vaccines, and doctors can't predict which one of us will be harmed. That means that vaccine risks are not being borne equally by everyone in society. And forced vaccination is a de facto selection of the vaccine vulnerable for sacrifice. Why should the lives of those vulnerable to vaccine complications be valued any less than those vulnerable to complications by inf of infections? And why should people not be free to choose to stay healthy in ways that pose far fewer risks. These are legitimate scientific and ethical questions that should not be ridiculed by government, medical organizations, and members of the mainstream media, 
demonizing a growing number of people who are wondering why they either have a child or know a child who was born healthy and then suddenly regressed physically, mentally, and emotionally and joined the ranks of the walking wounded. The people do not understand why government refuses to fund or conduct methodologically sound scientific studies to find out why the bodies of so many highly vaccinated children and adults are on fire, riddled with chronic inflammation that is common to most brain and immune system dysfunction. Doctors diagnose as ADHD, epilepsy, allergies, autism, inflammatory bowel, thyroid, and metabolic disease, rheumatoid arthritis, obesity, cancer, schizophrenia, and depression. It was not always this way in America. I grew up in the 1950s and 60s and remember when every child got measles, mumps, and chickenpox before age 10, but there were no special education classrooms in public schools to house legions of learning disabled, autistic, and emotionally disturbed children. I remember when it was the rare child who could not learn and, and half of the students were not carrying EpiPens and asthma inhalers in their pockets. And there was no need to store student supplies of Ritalin and Prozac in the school's nurse's office. I remember when we ate peanut butter sandwiches for lunch without being afraid it would kill one of our classmates. The biggest public health emergency in America today is not a few measles cases at Disneyland in a population of 320 million people where less than 1% of school children are unvaccinated and 95% of them have gotten two doses of measles shots, five pertussis shots, plus dozens of doses of other vaccines. The real public health emergency in America is the one that is being covered up by government agencies working overtime with industry and mainstream media to distract, deceive, stonewall, and, re and restrict the freedom of Americans to take control of their health. The reaction by vaccine developers and others promoting no exceptions, forced vaccination laws, is to label parents disagreeing with them as selfish, and to suggest they are child abusers or to insist, like pediatrician Paul Offit, that vaccine injuries and deaths are a myth and that children can safely receive 10,000 vaccines at once. Or like pediatrician Peter Hotetz, to call on the US government and the G20 to wage a war on American parents defending exemptions in vaccine laws. Dr. Hotetz calls for parents disagreeing with him to be snuffed out, which means to extinguish, to suppress, to crush, to kill. So when Congress appropriates $1 trillion a year to the Department of Health, government officials employed by the CDC, NIH, and FDA do not use that taxpayer money to fund quality research, to identify children at high risk for vaccine injury, or to compare the health of vaccinated and unvaccinated children to find out why parents consistently report that unvaccinated children are healthier and get higher grades in school than vaccinated children. They do not use that money 
to find out why infectious microbes are evolving into more virulent and vaccine-resistant forms, or to find out how many children are developing genetic mutations after vaccination that damages their DNA. Instead, public health officials hide their heads in the sand and collaborate with industry to create hundreds of, of new experimental vaccines that will be fast-tracked to licensure and forced on you and everyone you know. No exceptions and no questions asked. They create government-operated medical, uh, electronic medical records tracking systems. They pit citizen against citizen by publicly posting the vaccination rates of schools on the CDC's website. And they go into churches and legislatures to lobby for all Americans to adhere to cradle-to-the-grave vaccine schedules. Today, if you live in California or another state that has eliminated conscientious and religious belief vaccine exemptions and you refuse a government-endorsed vaccine, you cannot get a school education, medical care, or be employed as a child or healthcare worker unless you can find a doctor to write a medical exemption that 99.99% of Americans do not qualify for under CDC guidelines. And tomorrow? Well, if Americans do not get up off their knees and stop worshiping doctors, promoting junk science, tomorrow you will not be able to get on a bus, train, or plane, enter a store or sports arena, obtain a driver's license, file your taxes, or function in society, unless you can prove you have gotten every vaccine that industry creates and doctors implementing government policy order you to get. And if you or your child get vaccinated, suffer brain inflammation and never recover your health, you can be sure that it will be either dismissed as just a coincidence or you will be labeled genetically defective with the claim that you would have become brain damaged even if no vaccines had been given. It is already being done. And it's so easy to do that when nobody making, selling, licensing, giving, and voting to mandate vaccines has any accountability in a civil court of law. And the ones who know deep in the core of their being that their children are in danger are the mothers who carry their babies inside them for nine months and give birth and are endowed with a primal instinct that God gave women so they have the courage to protect their babies from harm until they're able to survive on their own. That biological imperative is hardwired into our DNA because it's what pr protects the survival of every species on this earth. And yet mothers who know their children best are being bullied, ridiculed and punished if they use their intellect and listen to their gut instincts and refuse to violate their conscience when caring for their children. It is time to reject the cruel pseudo-ethic of utilitarianism, propping up mandatory vaccination laws that justify child sacrifice by reducing what is moral to a mathematical equation. When the state considers one of us to be expendable, 
then we are all considered expendable. And if the state can tag, track down, and force individuals to be injected with biologicals of known and unknown toxicity today, then there will be no limit on which individual freedoms the state can take away in the name of the greater good tomorrow. We can only throw off the chemical chains making us sick if we act to instill truth, integrity, and compassion in government and defend freedom of thought, speech, conscience, and informed consent to medical risk-taking. There is no greater calling for Americans in the 21st century than to defend those cultural values and human rights that protect against tyranny. We will not be silent. We will not go away. We are the daughters and sons of liberty, and our mission continues. No forced vaccination, not in America. Before you take a risk, find out what it is. To learn more about vaccines, diseases, and the human right to informed consent, visit mvic.org, the website of the nonprofit charity, the National Vaccine Information Center. Since 1982, MVIC has worked to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education and to secure informed consent protections in U.S. vaccine policies and laws. Visit mvic.org and mvicadvocacy.org to get well-referenced vaccine information that you can trust and share with your family, friends, and members of your community. It's your health, your family, your choice.